Yeah, what is going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. I am your host, Rob. What's going on? What's up with y'all? How y'all doing? Y'all good? Y'all feeling all right out there? I hope y'all are doing well. I hope that this episode resonates with your soul today. And I hope y'all get some inspiration from this. And who am I talking to? Everyone, you, those of you who are supporting us, those of you who are listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing, thank you so very much. We don't just do this for ourselves. We do it for you. It's mutually beneficial, all right? And you know you can always support the show by shopping with our affiliates. There is a link tree link in the description so you can check them out. We have Garner's Garden. We have Acre Gold. We have Jot Farms, and we have Black Water. Now, y'all know I am not alone today. I have the co-host with the most who is always, ooh, vibrating higher, Miss Jessica Fountain. Hello, world. Hello, Rob. How's it going? I wanted that smile to come through in your voice. Hello, world. <laughs> There it is. I thought it was coming through. What did that sound like? I ain't that no, but I've been waiting for him to come through and he ain't that come through. So I had to see something. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun today. I've, I've the energy, like, I don't know. We're all over the place in a very playful, uh, but purposeful vibe. So, um, yeah, life is good. No complaints. It's, it's kind of rainy. And I'm feeling it. I am a pluviophile. Word Excuse of the me? day. Yes. A pluviophile is a person who loves the rain. So <laughs> I am at peace here. <laughs> Where the hell did you find this word? Actually, uh, one of my friends uh, told me. And I was like, oh, my God, I never knew. And so that was uh, maybe a couple of years ago. So, yeah. I discovered that that's what I am, so I wanted to share that. Okay. Well, I wish everybody health and wellness. I I did got got back almost up to my six miles of walking. Um, that was the best sleep I got in my life yesterday. I'm glad I did not have okay. anything important to do yesterday afternoon because I was done. Good. Uh, <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest for you today. This young lady has done something, in my opinion, that is very extraordinary. Something that uh, normally you see the glitz and the glamour around it, but the origins of what she did has a more personal touch to it, a more noble purpose to it, and we're going to let her tell her story. But ladies and gentlemen, we have the founder and owner of Bahari Vodka, Miss Natalie Miles. Woo! Thank you, thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. All right, Natalie. Oh man, where to begin with you? Uh, you just gave us so much. Let's talk about <laughs> let's, let's let's start with the fun part. You started your own line of vodka. Why? So really, it's kind of a crazy story. So honestly, I noticed that like every time I was going out, I really didn't know what else to drink besides cranberry and vodka. Like, I literally, and it wasn't because I was being like, oh, this is my favorite drink. I've tried them all. It was like, I'm out. Um, cranberry and vodka, because that's what I've been ordering since I turned 21. Mm -hmm. And then with all of the Black Lives Matter protests and everything that's been going on, I always thought like, oh, wow, it would be so cool to like own my own alcohol brand and actually be for Black people and actually about Black people. Like, not just we drink a lot of alcohol, but we don't have anything that's actually behind it you know, speaking about our story or where we come from, it's always about, you know, everything else. And we support others. And like, why can't we have that? So I chose vodka because I was like, that's really like my most favorite drink. And that's all me and my friends would order. And then also I just put the story behind of like people from African descent and how we kind of come from all over the world and how we kind of land in different places. But we all still are originally from Africa origin. And that's just basic how I wanted to incorporate that into my vodka. Awesome. Is that part of the reason why what that design is? I love the design, by the way. Yes, thank you. I'm yeah, not that in college anymore, but nice. that is a bottle that will be on top of the refrigerator when I buy one and when it's empty. 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah, when it's empty, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Cause actually, yeah, so that's like Africa. It's like in the corner of it. Mm-hmm. And then like at the top, I had like Florida because that's where we launched originally. That's where I am now. This is my main market I'm launching. And then I want to spread out, of course. And then even we have parts of like South America. And technically oh. the vodka is made. Yeah, it's because it's made from sugar cane. And so I want to talk about like that was like one of the first crops that like, you know, we actually started to cultivate. So I kind of really wanted to show that like it was about all of us coming from everywhere. And even though we may have, you know, landed in different spots and grew up there and have our own different types of culture that, you know, resonates with those different places, it doesn't matter. It's like that pan-African type mindset is like kind of what I wanted to bring everybody in with. I love that. I yeah. love you tied it all the way together. I love yeah. that. I, I I love the bottle and the aesthetic too. Like, uh, and it's interesting to hear. I wouldn't have known uh, just hearing the region of Florida that little intricate detail in the bottle because uh, I did notice the Africa when it was on. The, I think on the website the, there's a yeah. picture that specifically stands out to me. But uh, I like the intention behind that. Really nice. Thank you. You're welcome. So where are you from originally? So I'm actually from originally from Philadelphia. uh, Philly in the house. Yeah. West Philly, born and raised. Yeah. The whole, every time that like, ever tell anybody, they're like, oh, West Philadelphia. And I'm actually from West Philadelphia. So usually (laughs) I have to like hear the song. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, no. No, I don't. <laughs> but that's actually originally where I'm from. Okay. And then I moved to LA six years ago to like go out and started to get into my acting career. And then I found writing. I know this is like this is a whole thing. So I found writing. Okay. And I, and then I started screenwriting. Um, because I was like, oh, you know what? Acting's great, but like, what about our stories? Like, yeah, I can act it, but now I have to wait for somebody to write the kind of stories that I want to share with the world or see. But what if I write the stories? And so, having my own business and always owning my own like brand somehow always was in the back of my mind, but it never was something that I was like, oh, maybe I'll be able to do until I just put the money aside. And when COVID happened, I had the time. So I was like, hmm, I'm not working. I have the savings. I was like, are we really going to do this? And before I blinked, uh, we were, we were doing it. So I was like, that's kind of like where it happened. And now I'm back. Now I'm in Florida. Cause that's where my business partner's from is from Florida. Okay. And this is where all the drinking happens, you know, <laughs> and I know, I know you guys just seen, uh, what was it? Um, spring break. Yeah. It wasn't look like we was on quarantine for spring break. Right. <laughs> no, that, it wasn't, it wasn't like anything I've even seen. Even from the East Coast. I was like, wow, this is, a lot, you know, but so this is definitely a place to be if you want to, you know, try to promote or even push a vodka brand. Mm-hmm. But in general, it's also where a lot of black people are also from a bunch of different places, you know, so it's also kind of ties into what I wanted to hit into anyway. Right. The Caribbean aspect. Of, mm-hmm. of, exactly. Of King. Awesome. I, I got a question for you because uh, I actually, uh, I grew up partially in Philadelphia. I spent, I was in Northeast Philly. So I wasn't in the the cool cool part, but uh, <laughs> from from seventh the part grade, that people know. <laughs> from I don't ever try to front on it. Like, oh, you from Philly? Yeah, I'm from Northeast Philly, but I'm this still. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna still say, well, you know where West Philly is, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and I was there from seventh grade to high school. So Philly just it's just it just hit different. It. it there's some things that are just ingrained in me that I've carried with me. What are some of those things that you got growing up in Philly that you still carry with you today that have helped you along in this journey that you're on? I would have to say that there are a lot of people in Philly who are very pan-Africanist. Like, I don't think people realize that. Like, I had a Girl Scout leader who was very much like that. I had a friend of the family who was like, like, I heard of Kwanzaa and you hear about that like you know from school when they like randomly teach it but literally I actually used to practice Kwanzaa with this family Mm -hmm. and so for me it was like wow like I never once questioned like where I came from even if I don't know my exact roots you know given what happened to our people it didn't matter 
like we could still come together and they always used to teach all you know like umoja and all the things about you know business and promoting each other and i feel like there's a lot of that in philly mm-hmm. and there's also a lot of hustle I mean, I you you, you for me some of the most hustling people. Yes. I mean, everybody is selling something. You know what I mean? And and you know what? We laugh about it, but really, like, it's a good thing. Yeah. Like, I when I moved to LA, I was okay. Like, prime example, I was used to getting my incense. That because I was like I never in my house I've never used like the spray mm-hmm. like the Lysol spray on my house didn't know what that was we had incense that's your that's your spray your smell <laughs> good it was that so I'm used to like going onto the train and being like oh I got you know four five for a dollar I was like all right great pick up some incense and I went to L A and I was just like where do you um buy incense here <laughs> like, and it's like well, I, I was getting them off the train so. <laughs> <laughs> Do I go and I go to the metro and it's not, it's a different thing, you know? Right. They're not selling that. Like, you know, it's a lot of um, Hispanics and like Mexicans out there. So, like, they're selling different type of cultures. So I was like, I don't know where to get my um, things that all my hustlers were selling, my DVDs. Like, you know, like, <laughs> where are my DVDs? Like, right. Because the part I was in wasn't very, you know, wasn't heavy populated by black people. So I was just like, where do I. I mean, I had I was walking past stores where it was completely just Spanish on the actual store logo. Like there was nothing in English. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is definitely not what I knew of. Like I I came in here with like somebody who didn't read a book about LA. So I just felt <laughs> completely out of it. And so I would have to say the hustler spirit, the pan Africanism all came out of Philly. Like that didn't come from anywhere else because I would not be the way I am today if I didn't have those people surrounded by me. And I think really just that and like i said my hustlers i think they always push me to be like there's always something more you can do and you can always do what you love and maybe something that you want and put a meaning behind it to push culture forward in some way (laughs) go ahead jessica you got the thinking face well i am just still enamored with uh the fact that you have created this entire brand uh, concept design, brand design, uh, pushing the marketing. At what point um, did, I mean, how, what was your process for cultivating that? Like starting with the seed of it and how did that, how did you move forward to getting it on shelves? Uh, I guess a lot of people have these great ideas and you know i i would imagine it's a lot of consistency and um planning etc but what was like the push i would have to say really like the idea behind having a black owned brand of something that people will use and do use on a daily was there but the real push was like sit down and research it okay like mm-hmm. stop you know what i mean stop going back and be like oh i woulda coulda should have and it takes time half the time mm-hmm. it's not so much about you know people you know we're afraid of what we don't know so yeah. when you want to start something you're always like i don't know how to do that you know what i mean and it's scared that sometimes that's the initial fear yep. but really we're in the age of you know it's 2021 uh google is your best friend yep so you know what i mean like i really wanted to i kind of got back into that i was a big like internet nerd growing up so like i was always like like movies i would find like international movies online i would do all this stuff online and i was like okay so i want to start a business but i'm scared to search online for hours to figure it out Mm -hmm. you know like it it kind of you have to balance that what do you really want and then you know you have to actually put time into it. So really, I just started researching. And what I had found out was is that a lot of some brands don't even have their own distilleries. And I was like, how is that possible? Hmm. I was like, that's not how it works. But apparently, that is how it works. There are people who have distilleries, and some of them even have their own brands, but they make their real money from making contracts with people to make their alcohol. Hmm. And then it's produced, and it's called contract distilling which took a heck of a lot to get there to find out what that was. And then it takes a heck of a lot to now, okay, now I know what it's called. Now I have to hit up all these distilleries in these areas and I have to figure out who's going to do contract distilling, who knows how to do it. And I have to hit them up 
email by email or phone call by phone call. And then you're like, oh, what happens? You're in one state and you can't find anything? Great, let's pull up, let's see. You know how many states there are? A lot. So I pull up the rest <laughs> of the states and I start going state by state. And I'm like, well, somebody here got to know what to do. Yeah. And it's really time. So I think that some people, they have ideas. And it's not the fact that they don't want to put the time into it. I think it's just the amount of time. It's kind of hard when, you know, you have a job and you have family and, you know, you have a lot of other responsibilities. Yep. Right. But that's why I said COVID kind of, you know, was a negative. Don't get me wrong. It was a pandemic. But for me, it gave me time. Like right. I, my job had, they basically was like, hey, we don't know what to do. So y'all going to have to uh, go stay home for a bit. In L.A., I mean, I was in L.A., so, you know, that was the highest place. Yeah. And it was really, really bad. So it, I had about, I would say, maybe a month, maybe. And so, like, the idea was always there. The I was putting the little design. I had to get somebody else to draw that. I can't. <laughs> I would like to draw that way but that, yeah I had to outsource them because I was like I don't know how to do that but the idea was there and everything was in this little place the little sketches of you know little stick figures of what I'm trying to do was there I just had that one month and I just really focused I mean it was like I had another job I'd yeah. wake up at seven o'clock in the morning sometimes I really try to do 6 30 and I'd be like all right let's go to work let's make coffee yep. and go to work yep. and I had to take myself seriously even though I didn't have anything to go off of yet, mm -hmm. it kind of really does start where you take yourself seriously. Like it's your job to figure it out. And each thing that I've done was literally just, okay, go learn it. Okay. So now I learned this phrase about contract distilling, but now I need to go find bottles. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got to do all this research for bottles. I got to do all this research for labels. I got to do all this research for caps. Right. Okay. I've called the distillery, uh, not the distillery, as far as you were talking about getting it on the shelves. Mm -hmm. I actually called one of the biggest distributors, uh, Southern, and I was like, hey, like, here's the deal. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I want to break into the business. What is the process? And believe it or not, this nice gentleman was like, yeah, we need to diversify the market with women. And <laughs> actually, right, right. And you're like, there's no way that happened. It did. And he actually set on his calendar and he was like the head of his department and he actually just sat and we talked and he told me okay it's this that and a third this is what we look for and da da da, da. and i'm like okay and i still don't have enough to really be with them quite yet mm -hmm. but i know what i need now to build there nice. right. so it's really fearlessness putting the time in it and then also just the sacrifice you got to be willing to sacrifice you know whatever it takes for what you want Really, you have to believe that you really can achieve. You know, I know it sounds like cheesy, but like when we were kids, we're like, "Oh, you can be anything you want to be." But it's it's really it's true. It's real though. Like, it's real. Right. Like if if you it really, but you have to believe it. The older we get, it's harder to believe that because right. you know we had so many different things in our lives interrupt us. Yeah. And so oh. we're just kind of like, "Oh, well, is it really true? Can I really do that?" Yeah. But it's like you don't know if you don't try. With you saying that. Um, I think it's very true. Our belief system is more jaded and more scarred from just past experiences of life. Um, that it is, it is harder for us to believe in our dreams and in our goals. What has shaped your mental acuity to be able to continue to do this, um, to move forward? What is your, what does that practice, I guess, look like? How are you strengthening your mind, or what do you do to continue? continuously give yourself the momentum to keep putting one foot in front of the other? I would have to say there was two things my mom used to always tell me because I, I was honestly back in the day as a teenager, I know she had to be fed up with me because there were points where even she was like, oh my God, you're always upset about this or that. And she was like, there's people who have it worse than you. And so they used to really make me upset. But now being older, what I realize is yeah, you can be upset about certain things or about how life is currently, but one of the things she used to always say to me was, you never fail unless you stop moving. Mm. So even if maybe I make a wrong step, maybe this wasn't the right decision, you know, to make. Maybe I shouldn't have went with this, you know, distillery. Maybe they weren't, didn't give me the best quality. Mm -hmm. But that still doesn't mean you stop because I only lose if I stop moving. Right. And and I think that's something that you have to remember to yourself. And one of the biggest one, even bigger than that, I think, is my mom always say, like, the horses when they're in the race, she used to be like, put your blinders on. Mm 
because you're gonna <laughs> yes. you're gonna look to the left to the right. Yep. I mean, we we're in a social media culture. We're it's gonna disgusting. look at everybody. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's bad. It's bad. I mean, goodness, when Instagram came out, when I was like, when it was really getting big, I was like my senior year of high school. And I remember being like, this makes me feel really bad. Like, <laughs> I don't like how this makes me feel. Yeah. Like, I care about random people. Like, like, and I really did care. Because, you know, teenager, right. when you're a teenager, your emotions are crazy. So, I mean, that little added factor, yeah. it kind of really does destroy your confidence sometimes. So even if it's necessary to, like, turn off Instagram, because till this day, I'm not even going to lie to you, to this day, if I get on Instagram and I see everything that my friends are doing, I'm like, dang, I'm over here still trying to, you know, push a business, but like, it's not really where I need, want it to be. And there's more I wish I could do and I can't. And you know, your friends have a different path than you. They may have already graduated college. They may have already been on to their job and you're still here and it's hard. I mean, you don't, you know, dislike them or anything mm -hmm, like that, right. but you have no choice but to be like, man what if i did this instead of this man what if i yep. went this way why did i do this why did i make my life hard you know you'll constantly battle yourself right so you have to really realize that you have to do what's best for you and if it's necessary hey take a three-day hiatus you know or however many days in between a facebook limit how many times you can watch facebook or instagram or TikTok. limit it because you're gonna kind of find yourself drifting and you start focusing on you and that's the moment you lose yep and so when i feel that negative emotion inside myself that i'm like ooh, that's not good i'm not i'm not moving you know yeah. i had this that and a third to do and i didn't do it today because i was looking at this or i was doing that put yourself back on track you know what i mean yeah. like be your hardest critic it's kind of like you got to be hard on yourself but also be the best lover of yourself Love yourself yeah. enough to know, you know, because you gotta, right. you gotta love yourself enough she to know that. She talked to me like, all today. What? She is. <laughs> what yeah. you're doing is important, and what you're doing has value. It doesn't matter what your path is, just because it doesn't look like someone else's. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it's any way less. And I feel like a lot of today's world makes you feel like it always. They always want to make you feel you need more. Yeah. And that you're you not don't. doing enough. Exactly. It's like, are you doing enough for you today? What, what, what do you have on your to-do list today? And then if you find yourself, all right, I had three things to do today and I only got one done, what stopped me? Mm. Ooh, okay, I need to watch that. Okay, I need to fix that, you know? And you're gonna have hard days. Like, oh, don't ever yeah. think that you're not supposed to cry. Sometimes you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm frustrated. But that's normal. Mm -hmm. And you just keep on pushing and you never, you never forget that if you don't, if anybody, anybody all the greatest people that we look up to artists or musicians or yeah. even tv stars everybody or even you know even famous famous uh poets or any of them people people you have to think at some point they were like man this is rough yes like all all of the greatest of the things that they do they had to keep pushing forward so if you feel like you have to align yourself maybe even with one of your favorite people to be like you know what i'm pretty sure they had some hard days do so you have to find your methods and then stick with them and then also take time for yourself for self-care that's my last one i would say i know it's hard when you're keep constantly pushing and worrying about everything else i mean there was times where i'm like oh i really gotta clip my own because i clip my own ends for my hair because i just stopped going to the salon because i was like this isn't this is too much you know like there i, I stopped straightening my hair i like i just was like you know what I mean, when you're in LA, you gotta find ways to cut back. It's expensive, right. so <laughs> you gotta find a way to make a way. So right. even things like that. So for me, me clipping my ends, like is is like one of my self care things. And like when I find myself not doing it in enough time, or like oh I keep pushing it back. Okay, I'm not taking care of myself. Right. I can't pour back into what I want to do if I'm not pouring back into myself. And that's something that you have to do. Yeah, when you said that, I thought about, so one of my self-care things is uh, plants. And I notice when my plants are not doing well, that uh, if they get like a green, uh, like yellow leaves, or it's like a reminder to me to, mm -hmm. all right, you're not focused. Because when I am focused, I naturally take care of them properly. Mm -hmm. like, and I'm, um, but when I'm not, I find that 
uh, I'm just busy and I've forgotten. And, and you can see it in the plant life of it. Like, so um, self-care is really important. We talk about that on the show a lot. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah. You, I don't know what you went through in your life to give you such a high level of, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to figure out the, the right term. Like your level of accountability for yourself, like listening to what you're saying, I feel lazy. Uh, <laughs> I really do. Like you got a whole podcast. Hold on. <laughs> he's not. He does a lot of work. No, it's, 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 it's I can see it. But I'm listening to you, and this is like what you're saying, and and how you're giving us the real, and how you are talking about the hard part is one of the reasons why we do this. This social media age has people thinking they can do everything in five minutes, five months, a year. Like sometimes it's going to take you a long time and you got to put in the work. So you know what you're talking about. You got to shed the fear. You got to make the phone calls. Like I, I didn't know you. I just reached out to you. Like this is how I get most of my guests. And I was like, Hmm, this looks dope. Let me reach out to her. <laughs> Boom. Like that, that, I'm now it's just like waking up and breathing to me. It's like every day I'm hitting somebody up. Um, but I, I, I really admire that about you, that it's it's very strong and I feel that. And I'm like, I need to look in the mirror and give myself a little check check. Because I know when, uh, I know I'm not doing well when I, it's a feeling. I'm out for um, fulfillment. Going back to a point you made earlier and just thinking about how you connected everything with your brand. Y'all, when you're, your why, that's what it is. Your why is very strong and very big. My broker uh, from my real estate firm I used to work with and mentor used to always talk to us about our why. And I keep telling people, people always hit me up, yo, we could be doing this. We can do what you're doing that. And I'm like, if it's going to be a big time suck, it has to be part of my why. I have to be passionate about it. I have to want to do this. It has to be meaningful because money is not a big enough motivator for me. It really isn't. I could really put my head down, grind, and get me a nice corporate job and be making more money if I really wanted to. I have the resources to do it, but I know I would be miserable. So I'm like, I want fulfillment. I believe the money will come eventually, but I want the fulfillment. If I'm feeling good about what I'm doing every day, if I believe in what I'm doing every day, th that's what I need. That's what I need. I got everything I need. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well... I would like to just kind of going back to that fulfillment and all the things that um, just being really intentional. Uh, I think that in your story, in your um, questionnaire, you talked about uh, how there was one in, one uh, instance in particular that kind of shifted you with, I think, Mrs. Marie. Yes. <laughs> and uh, just how... Uh, tell us a little bit about that backstory. I don't want to like restate or state it outside of your words, but just uh, you were homeschooled and there was a bit of a change. And how did that um, kind of bring you? I feel like that was a big part of what you're doing now, cultivating that. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. So you know how all the kids are like homeschooled now and they're like on the computer and they're like, ah, oh, this is hard. And parents are like, man, this sucks. And I'm like, yeah, it does. <laughs> Because, <laughs> because I actually went through it. Um, what happened was I have three younger brothers and I'm the oldest. Mm. And my mom really, she's like a big educator. That's her thing. She's always been into education. And so she was like, you know what? I can't afford to put them into pri private school. And she found like this online school where like you could get the same education as some kid in the suburbs. And so for her, she was like, that's important. And for me, I was like, as long as you take me out of a small school, currently in middle school, I was like in a really small, like Christian school. And I was like, I want to be a number. I was like, I don't like being like, I was like, I don't like it being so small. And I like, I'm just running into issues. I was like, I just want to be a number. Like at this point, I'm done with that. And so I didn't know what I asked for. And I was a number, but I was number one at home because then I turned into <laughs> a homeschool student and I had no, nobody else. And it was just my brothers and me and my mom. And I was like, this is not what I wanted for high school. I wanted to socialize, kind of. You know, I kind of just wanted a bigger circle. Right. You know, I just wanted more people. And that's not what I got. So one day my stepdad had, like, said, oh, okay, everybody get up, get ready. It's like a Saturday. And I was like, okay, this is weird. So he gets us all up. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? And we're not cleaning. You're actually telling us to go somewhere? Okay. So, <laughs> she's, so like, he gets us up. He tells us to get dressed. He takes us to this church. 
And I'm like, church on a Saturday, like this can't be, I don't know where we're going. <laughs> I've been scared. I was like, I, come on. Like, I was like, uh-oh. So then we all go to our respective rooms. I mean, honestly, the whole setup is weird. So literally the boys split off and they go into a room all together because they're twins and then one year older. So relatively, they're all in the same age group. Uh-huh. But I'm like five year olds older. So I have to go in the girl room. And so I'm sitting there with all these girls and they're kind of dressed in khaki. And so I'm like, all right, I don't know what this is. And the lady just comes. She's like this beautiful African-American woman with like long gray dreads, older lady, really respectable and sweet. She's like, well, have a seat. And I'm like, have a seat. Like I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, where am I? Like, I have no idea where I'm at. <laughs> what <laughs> like, is this? Yeah, like exactly. And so I sit down and everything. And she's like, okay, she talks about something, but I'm just so lost. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to have somebody here new. Introduce yourself. And I'm like, introduce myself to what? Mind you, I'm 15. So I'm a little too old to not be knowing where I'm at. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is my name. Um, I, I'm i in this grade. And then there's these girls behind They're like, wait, you're how old? They're like, oh, my God, I thought you were a kid. And I was like, no, no, I'm 15. They're like, oh, you're the same age as us. And then I was like, yeah. And then the lady goes, do you know where you are? And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> She's like, you're in Girl Scouts. I was like, Girl Scouts? <laughs> stepdad, shout out to stepdad. Us men, we love leaving out the details. Surprise! Yeah, love leaving out the details. I was like, Girl Scouts, the ones who sell cookies. When I said I wanted social life, I didn't think you would take me to Girl Scouts. <laughs> At 15, with no badges, because I've never been to Girl Scouts. They badged Sash out in there. Empty. They badged out. <laughs> they badged out. They got accomplishments. And I'm sitting here and I was like, why am I here? You know, but the thing is, I got really committed to it because I had nowhere else to be because I had no, you know, real friends outside of the school because all the your friends in the school are all online because it's throughout the entire Pennsylvania. So you could have friends in Pittsburgh, but you're not going to hang out with them. So I basically got was still going every saturday like religiously because i was like you know what at least there's some girls here my age they seem really nice i'm gonna be here right and miss marie it turns out it was like one of the most successful all black girl troops in philadelphia Nice. and those girls got things done okay they volunteered at the ronald mcdonald house they um they were going like camping trips like real things that i didn't think that we did and i was like <laughs> i didn't know we did this yeah. i was like I was like, yeah, I was like, we don't know how to do that. And one of the things she instilled in us is that they have these things called um, excursions, like there are Girl Scout trips that you apply for. And the thing is about my troop, because they're mostly black girls, if they apply, they usually get in because there's not a lot of black girls who really know about it or apply for it. Mm -hmm. So she had me apply. And the first time I applied, my first time I was there, I went camping. Yeah, I did camping again in like the Channel Islands of California where they did real hiking, which I was unprepared for a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it was great. But the second time I was like my senior year, I really only had a couple more years in it. I mean, I came in at the end. Yeah. And so my last year, she was like, all right, everybody get in there. Miss Marie was like, go apply. And I was like, I'm not gonna apply for a trip this year. Like that's, uh, I did, I did a camping trip. I'm just, I don't think it's necessary. And then she found out me and my friend didn't apply. And she was like, go in the back. And there were like these old computers. I'm talking like Windows 1. And she's like, go in the back. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God. Like, no. And she's like, go in the back and go find some trips and apply. And I was like, oh, me and my friend's like, all right, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're not going to get in any of these. So we started applying to all the international trips. And so we're like, whatever. We're not getting in. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's go to Rome. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's apply for that one. Okay. Yeah. Let's apply. Yeah, we was like, we were just messing around, like dreaming, because I don't think we expected to really get in. And then when the replies started rolling in about, I would say, oh, two to three weeks later, we started getting replies back, like, oh, well, we accepted you in. We're like, what? No, <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait. That's what y'all Because it is what we got. Because the thing is, you also, that means you have to sell a lot of cookies, so your parents don't have to pay a lot out of pocket. So now you got to be a grown looking Girl Scout. Remember, I don't have patches now, y'all. So we had a couple. I'd only got like a few at this point standing to sell cookies in the winter looking grown. The Philly you hustle. You know, you're not a cute little girl and there's the hustle. So I have hustled and everything and basically we were able to go on a two-week Europe trip. Wow. And I toured, like I went to Switzerland 
Italy, London, and Paris. And you're how old? And it's all. And I right now I'm 26. No, how old were you then? Oh, then I was 17. Ooh. Wow. So, and it's all because of Miss Marie because even though I tried my best to hustle the cookies I could, she would like help me, Mm -hmm. and like she really pushed me. And she's like, and her famous line, she's hilarious. She used to be like, "I want y'all to go out and go." do things and experience things i don't want to hear you worried about daquan and i don't know who daquan was <laughs> i'll never know i don't know who he was oh, at some point of the year yeah <laughs> she's like i don't want you stressing about no boys and i don't want you worried about what the, you want to be back here with boo boo she's like you're gonna be focused on you know you and your future and all of that and she kind of mm-hmm. was right like even if i lost it a little bit down the line I always feel like, dang, like she really helped me believe in myself because I really didn't think I was going to go. And I, my mom didn't have a lot of money. So her even standing on the corner with me, like hustling those cookies and I'm, we're talking freezing cold. Like, yeah, I you know, know it's <laughs> nurse. Yeah. I mean, you guys in New York, so like Philly winter, you know, they're bad, they're rough. And so it was just really amazing how she even just believed in all of us. Cause it's not really just me. It was every single girl that came in there. I think she was even like a caseworker. So she even helped oh, girls wow. in the system. I mean, she was just like a superwoman to me. And it helped me believe in myself a little bit because she used to tell, make fun of the other girls because I had nowhere to be, remember? So she used to be like, you guys are late coming in here. And this girl is here every day on time. <laughs> After that, of course, I had to start coming in late because like, don't, don't make me stand out. I was like, messing up your street credibility. I was like, don't make me stand out. Because, yes, I'm a nerd at heart. I'm going to try to be here early. But you're making me stand out a little too much. So, (laughs) but, yes, she was like that. And so I think, and she even made me get my gold award. So, like, that's, like, the highest award you can achieve. You do, like, an event or something for your community. Mm -hmm. And I hosted, like, a little science kids, like, to teach kids about, like, science and different things, like, for the summer. Nice. And nice. I submitted all that paperwork and all of that, and I got my gold award. Even when I, yet again, I wasn't even trying to get that. I was like, look, I'm just trying to float through here. I got some friends now. But it kind of like, she kind of kept pushing. And I think that that hustle and that she put in me at that time to know that if I put the work in, I could do something and get somewhere and be anything I wanted if I really tried, I think kind of came back years later when I went to school for the first time to college. And I was like, uh i'm not happy you know what i mean like i'm getting good grades but i'm miserable and my mom felt that and that's kind of where the move to la came from because i was like you know what it's hard here college expensive i don't even have the money for this and now i'm upset and miserable here i was like you know what i'm willing to take a risk and that risk led me down of course to bahari vodka down the line but there's no way of knowing that and there's no way that happening without miss marie Wowzers. Mm. Left field question. What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie if you even still like them? Oh my God. So I don't like any of them. <laughs> I said, Thank like, y'all for joining us on this episode of From My Experience <laughs> Podcast. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jessica. No, I was, I was saying I agree because like the cookie that I used to like back in the day, it was a lemon cookie and it was in a, but it was a sandwich, like an Oreo. Yeah. They have the lemon cookie with like the, the powder on it. Powder on it? No, that's a no. They have the one with um, it's like a short, a thin shortbread, but it's papery tasting. I'm not a fan. Yeah. But it's really wrong. Like I don't. I feel you. Like they yeah. have good cookies and they drop them. Yeah. So when the, I was the, selling the them, I used to lie. Get dropped, and I do not <laughs> understand why. Like y'all I not don't. gonna sit here and disrespect thin mints like that, okay? Okay, okay. Is okay. Oh. Sorry, I'm not a chocolate mint person. I want to like it. I really do. I wish I was a chocolate mint person. Chocolate mint. Thin mint. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's just not me. I had to lie. I used to be like, oh, yeah, I love the shortbreads while I sell them. Oh, yeah, these are my favorite. Somebody with thin mints. And they would, because I mean, you know how they go hard. Some lady bought like a case one time from me. Like, yeah, the whole yeah. Box. I, I mean, I like people that love Girl Scout cookies love Girl Scout. I buy a couple at. I time. love y'all. Y'all sent me to Europe, <laughs> so I'm not exclusive. gonna be mad at y'all. You can't get them when you want to. That's the other thing. Like it's like they're here and then they're gone. You gotta wait. Oh yeah. man, it's true. marketing ploy. <laughs> this is true. I 
I gotta um I wanna well first of all that was an amazing story. The um was that like the whole Girl Scout thing, was that something your stepdad came up with on his own or did like you ever find no. out what was behind <laughs> No, he didn't come up with it. He just drove you know, he, he just used... walked all up and drove? No, yes. He he, he <laughs> I guess he found it. He found it and was like, Oh, they could do this. And yeah. I, there was no more there was no He came so he came thought. up with it. He, he found it was like, thought. yo, Y'all, y'all too, y'all ain't I, got nothing to do. Here you go. And I mean, literally, it's like, I was like, do you even know everything they do here? Like, <laughs> I don't think I, he did. Maybe he saw the billboard. <laughs> I don't, I, there's no billboard. Like, <laughs> I don't know how he found, I, I think it's like word of bills. mouth. He's like, I got three sons, they could do Boy Scouts. I got a girl, she could do Girl Scouts. They don't got nothing Dang. to do. Uh, see you here Saturday, like, and that was that. To this day, I'll never know where he got it from, but it was one of the most random and best decisions he he's actually made. He got for it me. because men be knowing stuff. Y'all y'all don't always know our methodology. There's a method behind mm. the madness. Mm -hmm. uh, I, so I have a question. I don't know how much you can say about this. Um, back to your uh, vodka. What uh. How did you come up? Did you like the recipe, right? Um, mm -hmm. did is that something you came up with? Like, how does that work? It honestly was just it's just sugar cane, there is no recipe. I it's vodka made of sugar cane, like, it's nothing. Vodka is actually one of those um alcohols that really you can add other things into it. Like, you can do oh, I'm gonna do potato, barley, and mm. rye and make a vodka, but really, it's just a sugar. They just need like a high sugar content hmm. in something to make it. And actually, most of the time when people do sugar cane, because you would think like, oh, that would be better. Actually, sometimes it can be very, very harsh. So hmm. it just depends also how the sugar cane is grown. Like, for example, our sugar cane is actually grown um, from Brazil. So that's different from the sugar cane that grows in Florida mm -hmm. because it's sometimes there's just a difference in the way they produce it. Mm -hmm. So, and that actually does affect when they actually break it down and make it into vodka. Really, it's not, I believe it or not, I wish it was fancier than that. Like, I wish there was some, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, know what I mean, some sprinkles. I could tell you that, but really, all, mostly all vodkas are just, like, potato. Like, I think Tito's use corn. Mm -hmm. They just use corn. You know what I mean? And so, like, everybody has their own different things that they make vodka out of. And it's just, like, straight. Yeah. I'm a little sad now. These well, fancy commercials talking about their processes and they mean nothing. You could have just said potato. <laughs> you know right? what? It's marketing. <laughs> it is, it's and it works. They, they got to tell you, you know, even the, they'll be like, oh, it's 50 times distilled. Come on. Like, I honestly, that just that means, means like, that, that means that they filtered it 50 oh, times. What does that do? <laughs> what does filtering do? I have no idea what you're talking It's supposed to take about. out all the impurities. So, like, when you first get, like, the mash and, like, the actual alcohol, it's mm. got all the, like, it doesn't, it's not going to be kind of pure. It kind of can also give you like a headache if you were to drink that straight. It's like moonshine. Like you're just oh. kind of knocking it back. Uh -huh. But like they filter out all of the impurities and stuff. And so what it does is give you like a nice, crisp, like smooth, clean taste mm -hmm. the more it's filtered. But then you got to think after a certain amount of time, how much could they be taken out? Right. right. Like how much needs to be taken out? 50 times? I don't think so. Right. But what it. <laughs> But what it is is that it it's it sounds better. It makes people feel like oh the drink must be really smooth or it's really high quality. It works on me every time. Not gonna lie. And it gets you. And trust me, that's what they want. And it works. And then you know what? And some of it you can taste the difference. Don't get me wrong. Somebody has like a sweet potato vodka, and they oh. make them out of sweet potatoes, right? But the sweet potatoes are very 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 expensive. That was my first thing. I was like oh you know black people, you know we love sweet potato pie and I'm like. <laughs> That could go well, and then they were like, "Yeah, so this is the price," and I was like, "Yeah, so I don't have that." <laughs> but like, your exclusive line once a year. Yeah, exactly. Because mm -hmm. and so it's like also what like how much it takes to actually make the vodka. So sweet potatoes look like they have a lot of sugar content, but they don't in comparison to other things. Okay. So they can be expensive. So yeah, don't. I mean, you can believe in some of the things they say. But just also know, like anything, you know, you know, they spray the hamburgers and stuff on TV, make them, it'd be plastic. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you can't eat that. I mean, those this are all bad. part of it. Marketing is amazing. I and that's, you, that's why they go to college for that. People go to college to, to study, to learn how to, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I only got one more question for you, Jessica. What else you got? You have the face of. Well, while um, we're there, yeah. uh, I wanted you just to share with our audience um, what Bahari vodka means and where that came from. Absolutely. So Bahari actually means ocean in Kiswahili. So, and in Swahili is one of those old languages, like one of the oldest and like spread out languages. So like every Pan-African like always talks about Swahili. And it's actually, it's like, it's, there's different dialects of it. It's kind of still used to this day. But I just feel like in general for anybody who's came to America, like we've heard about Swahili a thousand times. And it's something that kind of still connects us in a way because it's one of the older parts of the, especially it's West African language. And ocean, I really significant yet again was because that's exactly where we've come from. We come from all over the ocean. You know what I mean? Like when we cross these countries, um, we cross the ocean to get to all these different places. And like, we never put any significance into it. We just kind of like, oh yeah, we got to America. Oh yeah, we got to Brazil or, oh yeah, you know, we got to these places and it's whatever. But it's like, no, it's actually quite amazing that your people have been spread out throughout all over the ocean. And also because I did in on the back of my bottle, I did want to also honor people that sometimes didn't make it through the journey. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So through some of the, you know, the trade, they chose to take their own lives. And so even the fact of I have on the back of the bottle that, you know, in honor of those who chose to see instead of bondage, basically. Mm -hmm. So wow. even there's importance to them. Like we still owe honor to them who didn't make it. So like anybody of any African descent, no matter where you are, you're a survivor, no matter where you are, you should be proud of where you come from. I don't care what's happened in your life. I don't care if it hasn't always been the brightest or the greatest, but we, at the end of the day, are products of our ancestors that cross these oceans. And we have to somehow connect ourselves to that and kind of just hold ourselves accountable and more of a higher esteem. It doesn't matter where you come from. Your ancestors did a lot for you to get here. You're not here by magic. Like there's science behind that. And so we should really kind of take that as special is what I really want people to do. I'm gonna pick my jaw up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, you got to. <laughs> I, I got nothing else, Jessica. That was. I have nothing else either. <laughs> I think it was a great, it was just great talking to you and seeing um, for all the dreamers the people with dreams and ambitions and want to do things. And even, I think sometimes when you hear people's story, uh, it sounds like, well, dang, well, they've been doing that for 15 years. I'm late, I'm behind. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that I've taken away from your story, even in my own, like looking at my life and, and just from a learning aspect and inspiration aspect is, this is something else yet another story, beautiful story that was birthed out of the pandemic and birthed within the last, you know, 15 months uh, of dealing with this or so. So you can have a dream and if you're consistent, you know, just drilling into that consistency and having tribe, we talk about these things all the time. I think they're the perfect recipe for success. And uh, thank you for sharing your story and inspiring us all. That to know that it is possible and you can do it and you know it doesn't take 30 years dedicating necessarily you know just a quality intention and in doing the work now, tell thank everybody you. where they can buy all of your product your uh vodka so currently you can buy if you are not in florida south florida you can actually get it online it's bahari.com and you can actually have it shipped to you. Just make sure the states right now, we're in 20 states right now. If you are in Florida, we are in Total Wine. Um, I just had a tasting last Saturday at Palm Wine and Spirits. That's in Miramar, Florida. Um, we are in those locations and we will be updating the website. So if you go to baharivaka.com, we'll also update like to all the locations we'll be in. But really for everybody who's, of course, because you guys are in New York, it's gonna be online. And then y'all just keep on hoping and praying and. Putting well, some faith she, in me so I can get out there. <laughs> Jessica's yeah. actually in Texas. I'm in Virginia. Oh, well then, yeah, actually, Texas, let me see, Virginia, yes, Texas, we're working on. Okay. Believe it or not, the state legislature, they're kind of, to be Texas, they're right. a little. Yeah. That, they listen. Have, yeah. They get their contracts and stuff together to figure, like, to make it work for them. That's Texas. Exactly. We're we not going to yeah. talk about and what Yeah, and I'm like, doing. what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. 
All right. <laughs> he just shocked. Yeah. No, no I just said I all right. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Texas. Mm. You be safe down there. Uh, <laughs> ladies and, and gentlemen. What part of Texas are you in? I am in Dallas, Texas. You in Dallas? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he said it. He'd be, be safe yeah. down there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, was, that was heavy. No, you know what? I was saying that because of a law that just passed down there. I don't want to talk. This ain't the show for that. Uh, <laughs> this ain't the show for that. <laughs> like, Hold on. We're looking at both of y'all faces like, I should like run. We'll talk afterwards. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's not that bad. We'll, we'll talk oh, afterwards. God. But ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all again um, for listening. Natalie, thank you again for joining us. Oh my gosh. And sharing such a powerful story. We really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. Yes, uh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, all of her contact information will be in the description. Support Bahari Vodka. Check out the website. Order a bottle. I'm probably going to order a bottle now. Um, and you know, <laughs> and y'all know y'all can follow us. FME underscore podcast on Instagram. From My Experience Podcast on Facebook. Complete spelled with the K underscore vision if you want to follow me personally. I'm highly considering making my personal page public, but I'm it, I'm highly considering it to, just to make it easier on y'all. Jessica, where can they find you? You can find me at Exposure uh, on Instagram. That's E-X-P-O-Z-H-E-R uh, as well as JessicaRenee.com for all of my going-ons. Is that, what is that, going on? <laughs> it was very country. But, as it. you know, my brand is country and culture, so. It always works. Don't be surprised. It always <laughs> works. You branded yourself perfectly. It always works for every situation. It does, because that's who I am. I'm not going to keep <laughs> boxing myself for these people. I can't. <laughs> All right. <laughs>